Welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her. And I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning. This is a spoiler-free podcast, so whether you're watching for the first time or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary on how Buffy has matured since its premiere in 1997. Thanks for listening. Now on to the episode. All right, this is season one, episode six of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This wonderful, amazing, well-scripted episode is called The Pack. This might be the worst episode of the series. I think it's probably the worst episode of season one. And we (laughs) did just review Teacher's Pet, which up until now was the worst episode of season one. But Yes. This is, I agree with you, this is the worst episode so far. Uh, It is absolutely ridiculous. It is just a ridiculous, ridiculous plot. Every time we get to an episode, I think I know the gist of what's going to happen. Like, I I know what, the, what it's going to be about. And I knew this one was the hyena episode. Right. However, I didn't remember, like, what happens, what's said, what are the context. So once again, it was enjoyable for me to watch. Like, I was, I was like, wow, this is something I'm so not familiar oh, with. Oh, whereas I remember this episode very clearly. Okay. And it was very uncomfortable watching it and discovering that it is even worse than I remember. And I would go out on a limb on on this and say this episode has very few redeeming qualities. Like most Buffy episodes, even like the campier ones or the worst ones, most of them have like super funny moments. But like even the jokes in this episode, a lot of them are very uncomfortable jokes. And so... I just, I was watching it and I'm just like, I want this episode to be over. There was a surprising element to this episode, I will say, that I wasn't expecting and I was very displeased to see. And we'll get there, but okay. that I was, I was very surprised that, that this subject was introduced in this episode. So let's, let's start. Uh, we are at the zoo and. The fact that Sunnydale has a zoo blows my mind. <laughs> blows my mind. I, I mean, Steph, Thunder Bay technically has a zoo. <laughs> okay, but this zoo has exotic animals. That's true, like, yeah. There's elephants. There's obviously hyenas, uh, chimps. Like They've got like a, an assorted collection of African animals. Mm-hmm. And... That is crazy to me because I like how big is Sunnydale? I guess we don't really know the population. I we? mean, Buffy can run from like the residential <laughs> area to the zoo. We've discovered that in this episode. So it's got to be not too big. Maybe the zoo is their like biggest tourist attraction, right? Maybe it's like African yes. Lion Safari where it's like people from a whole bunch of neighboring cities and stuff will come to Sunnydale just for the zoo. Yeah, you know what? Let's go with that. That sounds very, (laughs) that's a very good solution to why they would ever have a zoo in Sunnydale. So yeah, we're at the zoo and I guess it's a a class trip. And uh, another thing I want to point out is when do high schoolers go on class trips to the zoo? (laughs) 
I mean, again, we don't really have a zoo here in Thunder Bay. We have a very sad facsimile of a zoo that shouldn't be open. But like we went on class trips to various places in high school. One thing I would point out is you wouldn't be allowed to just wander around unsupervised. You'd be on a tour of of sorts, or uh, you'd have something to fill out as you looked at the animals. I just feel like this is a very elementary school kind of trip to take your students on, you know? Anyway, that's neither Hey, Stephanie, the teachers needed a break that week. Come on. (laughs) Cut us some slack. (laughs) Well, Xander does point out uh, when he meets up later that, like, hey, we're not in class, and that's all that matters, Mm -hmm. right? So, uh, Buffy is walking through the zoo on her own and a group of kids approach her and by kids i mean her classmates and by her classmates i mean 30 year olds (laughs) so that's what i noticed so what they do is they start bullying people right and they they bully uh this bullyable guy i think his name's lance Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the first thing i wrote down was okay so we open with straight up bullying and i said it's very tepid bullying like i'm like this is just really corny like this is what tv writers think bullying is like in high school and then it actually got more serious but i realized that maybe my first reaction this idea that it was too tepid is because these actors look way too old so that's what made me it made it harder for me to take the bullying seriously because i'm like you're like 30 year olds (laughs) trying to be 16 year olds and i just can't take you seriously as bullies the way that they're bullying is so lame. Like, your burns don't land. Nothing is funny. Like, a good bully is like Cordelia, right? Where she comes in, she gets to, like, the heart of what you're insecure about. Cordelia cuts you. Yes. And then so leaves these, you these to bleed just, out. It's like, we've already seen the master at it. So why are these people even trying? But what makes me laugh is that they, they approach Buffy and they start to bully her. I guess just to set up at the very beginning that these guys are jerks. And they're telling her, like, oh, you have no friends. And they mentioned that she got kicked out of school. And then the one guy says to her, oh, you're going to beat us up? And I was just like, Kate, so are you bullying her because she's a bully? Like, are you bullying her because, like, what are you bullying her for other than just to be assholes? I also want to point out that the main guy, the, the main handsome guy in that group, is Jim from Center Stage, the famous ballet movie from the 90s. So Mm. I don't think we ever learned this guy's name in this episode. I'm just going to call him Jim. Okay. I'm down with that. Okay, perfect. Xander and Willow meet up with Buffy and oddly say that they were watching Zebra's Mate and they're super excited about that. (laughs) So weird. This is where Xander points out that, you know, they're not in class, so be happy that they're there. Good point, Xander, for once I agree with you. Like you said earlier, too, Lance, this nerdy guy, is watching chimps, and the group of bullies approach him, and they start comparing him to chimps, because, like we said, they're really bad at bullying. Like, we get the tone of what they're doing, like, you know, you suck, and we don't like you, but I just don't like, I just think they can be more clever. I agree. Like, when they start taking his notebook and stuff, like, that's when I'm like, oh, okay, this is getting more serious, Um, because that's the kind of stuff that, you know, I would see in high school, but the their their verbal bullying game is quite bad it is yes and uh i also want to add that i'm terrified of chimps like nope. <laughs> very terrified totally valid chimps are very aggressive like i would not want to be with chimps like people will get baby chimps right to kind of raise as these rescue animals and big mistake yeah cuz once they grow up they once they hit adolescence you know at like 4 or 5 years old 
they get aggressive. Chimpanzees are aggressive dudes. Like, don't mess with them. I mean, chimp is probably one of my favorite words. It's really fun to say, but (laughs) we don't mess with chimps. I don't mess with monkeys, period. I hate monkeys. I hate apes, gorillas. Like, they're just terrifying. So once again, that's neither here nor there. But but when I see a chimp, I have to comment about why I'm scared of them. Principal Flutie is at this... (laughs) <laughs> this retreat and he sees that these kids are being are bullying this boy so he tries to intervene but he does it in the worst way yep. where he tries to get lance to snitch on them right in front of them He's right so ineffectual like he clearly cares <laughs> but have you not read any books on how to deal with high school bullying you don't put the bullied person on the spot and ask them to tell like they're not gonna do that they're not going to rat him out because it's just going to make it worse for them. So, of course, he doesn't. He's like, oh, nothing going on here. And Philly's like, great, I'm watching you. And then leaves. <laughs> so, at least the bullies appear to be happy that he, they weren't ratted out. So, they, they're they like, come with us and we're going to go to the hyena house because it's off limits and that's what makes it fun. And Willow, Xander, and Buffy watch them enter with this kid into the hyena house and Buffy wants to follow because obviously the kid's not in a good situation. And Xander's like, I'll handle this. This doesn't require slaying. And he goes in alone and mm-hmm. Buffy and Willow are going to follow. But that's when the zookeeper actually sees them going into the out of bounds area and stops them. So we have Xander, you know, once again, trying to be manly in front of Buffy, trying to impress her. Uh, yeah. Quick it's- aside, what do we think of Buffy's outfit here? Uh, terrible. <laughs> I agree. It's it's quite an intro. It's a very late 90s uh, influenced by like pop celebrities like out there outfit. And I, I just I couldn't take my eyes off it. Uh, she looks great, though, no matter what she wears. So this zookeeper tells them about the hyenas. He's like, this area is quarantined because the hyenas came from Africa. And he goes into this weird story where the, the there's tribesmen in Africa that say that hyenas are capable of learning human speech and they prey on the weak and when the campfire dies at night they call out to people using their speech and then that separates them and once they get somebody on their own the pack devours them and mm. he's giving us a lot of context and once again like you don't get this kind of information in Buffy unless you're going to use it later right mm-hmm. so I do like the idea that there's hyena folklore out there, (laughs) but uh, I do want to touch on, maybe not right now, but later, how this is slightly racist. (laughs) I was just going to point that out, so thank you. Uh, Yeah, yeah, maybe later in the episode when we get to like more of the lore, when Giles does his little exposition, we can kind of unpack the racist assumptions going on here for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So the girls are prevented from following them in and inside the hyena encampment or hyena house, as they call it, the group of kids is uh, bullying the geeky kid. Like who, who would have thought this would happen? And they do show you a little glimpse of one of the hyenas and it is a bad pop. Absolutely hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, so from princess bride, right? The rodents of unusual size. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it was just like it's like such a animatronic puppet thing. Like it's you so couldn't funny. you couldn't find like some stock footage of a hyena like in a zoo somewhere else and just kind of like match it up. No, <laughs> <laughs> you know, two episodes ago, two episodes ago in Teacher's Pet, 
we talked about the praying mantis costume and we're like, this is awful. This is really bad. This is worse. And we <laughs> only see worse. it for a few seconds, but it's just so obviously bad. It left an impression. Uh, so they're pretending to feed this kid to the hyenas. Ha ha ha. Xander comes in and, and gets in the way and like stops them, which is good. But then <laughs> you notice that they're standing on like this giant symbol on the ground. And then it cuts to the hyena whose eyes turn green. And then all of the kids in the hyena house, their eyes turn green. It's like a fluorescent, like bright green. And the geek runs away. Lance runs away and he falls over. And the group looks at him falling over and they all start laughing. And it kind of sounds like a hyena's kind of laughter. Mm-hmm. And then it zooms in on Xander evil smirking the biggest evil smirk you could ever see so roll the credits after this that was a fairly lengthy pre-credit sequence as well it feels like a lot's going on I will I will want to say like now we're episode six uh first praying mantises and now like hyenas we're learning a lot about the animal kingdom in the show <laughs> And, like, I'm getting a full zoology education. I was about to say, well, yeah, is, is Buffy secretly supposed to be an educational show? Is that how they pitched it to the network? Absolutely. Um, I, I will also point out, this is something I thought about, is maybe one of the reasons this episode doesn't land as much is prior to watching this episode, I think really my only education about hyenas came from The Lion King. So mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can't really take them seriously in that movie. So... Maybe I'm not taking the hyenas as seriously as I should be. Well, fun fact about the Lion King hyenas. They, so they're the the villains. For anyone who hasn't seen the Lion King, go see it. But uh, they're the villains, right? They're the, they're, they're the bad lions, uh, sidekicks. Mm -hmm. Minions. Minions, henchmen. And a zoologist, I suppose, or like an expert in hyenas actually like tried to sue the Disney company for portraying hyenas in such a negative way (laughs) because he's like, they're actually like very smart, wonderful creatures. Like, you know, like he came to their defense. (laughs) So So, Stephanie, how do you know so much about the Lion King? Oh, I, who knows? I probably talk about Disney a lot somewhere else. Yeah. (laughs) Somewhere else in my life. It's almost as if you have like another podcast that's all about Disney. (laughs) Something like that. You know, when it's time, when it's Disney's time, I'll talk to you about that. But, um. More importantly, this is just another example of how hyenas are villainized in society and in pop culture. And you know what? We got to put a stop to it. Also, it is so weird that that this episode is about hyenas. Like, it's so weird. I agree. Like, we've had three episodes out of the six so far actually about vampires. And three episodes about witches praying mantises that want to fuck human boys. And... (laughs) hyenas now so buffy season one is a much more mixed bag than the title of the series would indicate well maybe this is another question for the end of the episode but the fact that a xander centric episode was the praying mantis and now another xander centric episode is about hyenas i don't know like there's something to be said that like you know his episodes are a the worst but b (laughs) they're about animalistic yeah. Intention. We're started we're starting to see a trend. Is it gonna continue? We don't know yet. But we'll see. Let's find out. Alright, what happens next? We're at the bronze. Yay! It's probably a classic Monday night at the bronze. And uh, Buffy and Willow are wondering where Xander is, and Willow points out that he was really quiet on the bus ride home. And Buffy says like she's not as 
she admits that she's not as attuned to Xander's moods as Willow is and brings up that Willow is low-key obsessed with Xander and she's like, you know, you've got it bad. Mm -hmm. And Willow says he makes her head go tingly. So I kind of want to ask, and also it is a shame that we haven't had a Willow-centric episode yet. I agree. You know? Uh, But I do want to say Willow, so we know that Willow has a crush on Xander, but it's really hard for me to understand, is it a crush? Does she love him? Does she just like him? Like, there is a there is a difference. And I just want to know how deep her feelings are supposed okay. to be at this point. So, Willa points out that Buffy is wearing Angel's jacket. <laughs> Ooh, Angel. And by the way, no Angel in this episode. Very disappointed. <laughs> Buffy calls him a honey. <laughs> I know. I when I listen to that, I'm I'm like I want Steph to tell me what she thinks of this vocabulary. I I wasn't prepared <laughs> for her to call him a honey because it's such a weird. I don't know. Is that a slang? It sounds nineties. It sounds eighties to me, right? Like it's just so old sounding, and it comes out of Buffy's mouth so what would be naturally but it doesn't sound natural yeah she's I, like yeah he's a honey and i'm like no <laughs> it's so i do cringe. love that we get a little bit of girl talk at the beginning of this episode just buffy and willow talking about boys talking about oh, crushes yeah. oh, i yeah. like it we need more of this this is i like this a lot don't get me wrong i love talking about willow's feelings about xander i <laughs> want to hear more about angel i want more angel always mm-hmm. more angel but I don't like that she called him a honey. <laughs> okay. It made me uncomfortable. <laughs> but he is a honey, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, she's she's like, you know, he's really hot, but he's never around and he only shows up and talk, to talk about work. So Willow says, oh, there he is. And, you know, Buffy automatically, like she almost like, you know, breaks her neck looking <sighs> over. Is it Angel? Uh, but it's not. It's Xander. And Xander is walking in and he's got a whole new vibe. Yep. Like he's... He walks in, he like looks up this he looks up and down a girl, this girl that isn't unusual for him to do, but the girl isn't creeped out by it. She's like interested in the way he looked at her, which is very new for us to see. Uh Xander joins the girls and eats Buffy's croissant. Buffy, like another no, no, baked wait. good at the club. Point of order. It's a buttery croissant. I am so confused about the cuisine at the Bronx. Like in the previous episode, we had a muffin. Yeah, like some kind of weird muffin that Owen brought her. And now we have a buttery croissant. Like what kind of club serves buttery croissants? Like I understand wings or chows, you know, like something clubby or bar like that you might eat. But Buffy's only eating baked goods. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so weird. So, <laughs> um, okay, so Xander is acting really strange, obviously. And yep. he's really restless. And Willow notices this because, like Buffy said, she's really attuned to what he's doing. Uh, and then he smells Buffy's yes. hair and says, you took a bath. And I'm like, okay, so weird. Yeah, Buffy says, yeah, so what? And he's like, it's okay. As if, like, he's forgiving her for taking a bath? Yeah, like he wanted her dirty, I suppose. <laughs> Hyenas are disgusting creatures. <laughs> well, so I, I I think without going, you know, we'll, we'll get to, like, why Xander's acting the way he's acting. But clear, clearly it becomes important that Buffy smells like him. Xander 
sees the rest of we call we call them the pack. We call them the pack. Sure. I was gonna say the jerks. The pack comes in, the group of popular people, and they all have the most intense staring contest with Xander I've ever seen. They just like Xander stares at them, they stare at him, and it's like long and drawn out. It's really weird. Uh then the group goes to the table behind them and bully this poor kid who's sitting there uh and tell him to give them the table and xander laughs at this and they're all laughing and willow and buffy are looking on very unimpressed yeah just like what the fuck and very like fat phobic bullying too yeah the next day i don't know if this is before class during class or Mm, between i know i know what you're gonna tell talk about yep buffy is training with giles like she's in gym outfit and she is kickboxing basically and he's the the person who holds like the pads or whatever and um they're in the library just like when is this and are you not worried about getting caught like yes literally no one walk into this library (laughs) apparently not (laughs) buffy and willow and xander are the only people who ever use the library apparently um, that was what I wrote down in my notes was what does Giles tell people if they walk in on him training Buffy in the library? <laughs> like, Yeah, like, oh, this is just my like fitness class. Like, what is he going to say? Uh, and Buffy is doing these really epic moves and Giles stops her right before she does this like last roundhouse kick. And it's probably a good thing because she probably would have killed him. Uh, so Buffy, he's like off to class with you. So I want to say this is like early. Like they maybe they met up at 6 a.m. before staff and students get there. To work out in the hallway, something is running through the school at uh, feet level, a ground level, and everyone's like getting out of the way. And Principal Flutie is there, and he's chasing it. Is it a hyena? <laughs> it's probably a, a pup, a pup, a hyena pup. <laughs> and uh, Buffy picks it up and turns around, and it's a piglet. And the piglet is wearing a helmet, and the pig piglet's name is Herbert, and it's the school's new mascot. And Kara, as soon as I saw that piglet. I was just like, no, what's going to happen to it? Like, I just knew instinctively, not knowing, but just knowing, you know, because I don't remember this episode. I think that's enough foreshadow for me. (laughs) So in the courtyard, Willow was helping Xander with his math work and Xander's getting really frustrated. He doesn't get it and he doesn't understand why he needs to know it. And Willow basically says, and maybe you can, you know, you're a teacher, you can tap into this type of encouragement where Willow says... If you flunk out of school, you'll end up sweeping floors at the pizza place and asking kids, like, what's happening that weekend? (laughs) (laughs) That's totally what I tell my adult students who've already failed at high school in some capacity. (laughs) God, God. And I just feel like Xander, like, what we know about Xander is that he's just really insecure. Mm -hmm. So telling him this... No matter whether you know he's possessed or not (laughs) with hyena spirits... It's just not helpful. So he gets mad at Willow, uh, but he also gets really aggressive too. And he like throws a book at her and in the garbage and leaves. Back to Flutie and Buffy. Buffy's putting the piglet in a cage in this classroom. And Flutie's basically saying like how like life used to be for him versus now he's an adult. He doesn't relate to his students. But as Xander comes in and walks by Buffy, uh, Herbert the piglet starts squealing. As he approaches and Buffy's like her Buffy senses are going off and she's like something's wrong with this. So surprise, surprise, it's raining outside. It's raining in Sunnydale. We never see this. Well, we haven't seen it yet in six episodes. So what do you do when it's raining and it's gym class? 
you play dodgeball. Yay. <laughs> Did you like playing dodgeball when you were in school? No. I also didn't like it, but when when I taught English in China, I let my kids play dodgeball all the time because they <laughs> loved it. So Xander gets on the same team as the pack and Buffy and Will are on the other th- side and t- the pack is basically like dominating this game and Xander throws the ball very aggressively again at Willow and Willow like notices this and is like hurt by it mm-hmm. and the game comes down to the pack on one side with the geeky guy for some reason and Buffy on the other and they kind of size each other up and then they turn on the geeky kid on their side and aggressively whip their do- their balls at him instead of Buffy. And Buffy helps the kid up and her and Xander have an epic stare down of each other. It, it's like they sense that Buffy is also a predator. When Buffy's the last person standing on that side, because of course, Slayer, she has great reflexes and stuff. They know that she's an option to attack. But then Lance is also an option to attack. And it doesn't matter that he's on their team. They're going to turn on the weakest thing they can attack, right? You're not going to attack another predator if you can avoid it. Not true. Very true. And before we switch to the next scene, I just want to point out that the gym teacher. Uh, Yep. (laughs) The gym teacher gets an anecdote here and he says, God, this game is brutal. I love it. (laughs) Which I feel like that's most gym coaches. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, what a weird thing to add (laughs) at the end of the scene. In the hallway, Willow approaches Xander, and um, he's standing with the pack of bullies, and she basically asks him what's wrong. And Xander says the meanest fucking thing, and Mm. I, I wrote it down. He says, we've been friends for a long time, and I feel like I need to tell you something. I've decided to drop geometry, so I won't be needing your math help anymore, which means I won't have to look at your pasty face again. My heart broke hearing this. Like, th- this yeah. this is too much. That was way harsh, Ty. Like, it's one thing for him to be a little bit mean to her to show that he's a bad guy now. But it's like, oh, that crossed the line for me. It's just, I can't handle You can't be mean to Willow. She's precious. You can't be mean to Willow because, like, Willow adores you and has done nothing but help you and befriend you. And, like, I think I've said this every single episode. Xander, you don't have any friends. <laughs> Your one friend died, and you have Willow, and that's what you have. <laughs> and obviously now he's found the pack, so yeah. it's just awful. And B- Buffy hears this and goes up to Xander and says, are you going to say something to me? And they all just laugh, their hyena laughs, and walk away. So the pack heads out to the quad, and they're sniffing, basically. They're sniffing things. And Xander says, dogs <laughs> and they approach approach this uh these couple this group of guys who are eating at a picnic table and uh they eat his hot dogs and then they ruin their lunch like walk on the picnic table and everything super rude and they just keep sniffing and they're sniffing 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 they go into the school and where do they go oh they're at herbert's cage the piglet no <laughs> i knew it and um one of them shuts the blinds and it's you know what happens and i'm just so sad sad yeah we go to the next scene and the pack is once again like walking slow motion through the quad to like a very 90s angsty music montage yeah i could do without the slow-mo 
over the emo music. Thank you. That's yeah, so unnecessary. I did say like in my notes here that this scene goes on way too long. This this slow. It's filler. The episode was run. The, the episode clearly had like come up short, so they needed to draw this out. I will point out Xander is clearly wearing like different clothing now. You know, it's not, he's not wearing his bright fluorescent style shirts and stuff he's wearing darker cooler style clothing now yeah all of the pack look different dare i say he's trying to look like angel (laughs) well that's something i i've I've noticed and i i wasn't too sure if this is intentional or if this is maybe i'm just reading too much into this because i don't know how to evaluate people's attractiveness but to me xander and angel have always looked very similar (laughs) Um, oh what (laughs) They're, they are both dudes, and they have dark hair that's short-cropped, and they have pasty white faces. <laughs> I am going to pretend you didn't just say that to me. Uh, I will agree with you, though, that Xander's new vibe and his clothing and his personality give him more of an attractive nature, which is interesting. I'll give you that. But I will say, though... Nicholas Brandon, who plays Xander, what I was impressed with this episode, and especially in these kind of scenes, like how different he was able to be uh, for the same character, right? Like we, mm-hmm. we've we seen goofball Xander this whole time, but he can switch it off and become like a cool, possibly attractive man if he were cast in a different role. That's a good point. He's not Angel. He's, he'll never be Angel. <laughs> but I was impressed with his ability to switch on and off. Okay. So- Xander looks up and he sees Buffy talking to Willow up on the balcony, <laughs> the school balcony. It's a really nice school, by the way, the outside of it. But Willow is obviously super upset and she's crying to Buffy and she thinks something's wrong with her, not Xander. And she's basically telling Buffy that, you know, he sniffs you. <laughs> He's sniffing you um, because he wants you and he sees me as the third wheel. And... and- is this what guys do in high school? That Willow thinks this is normal? You know, if a guy's into you, he's always going to be sniffing you? Is that normal? <laughs> yeah, she's just like, well, he sniffed you. He likes you. That's like, <laughs> so not... Willow, no. No, Willow. That's not what happens. And um, what I do like about Willow here is that, like, she's not being catty or jealous toward Buffy. Like, if this was Cordelia, like, she'd be slut-shaming her so hard, right? But... Willow's not taking out frustration on Buffy. She's just sharing what she thinks. And because Willow's not accusing her of anything, she's just kind of laying out how she sees it. Buffy is also not being hostile either. And she's just like, I don't believe this for a second. Something is going on and I'm going to find out how. And I just like this dynamic between these two girls. I think it's really healthy and nice. Yeah. Buffy is being a really good friend here. She is. And we all we know that Buffy's a really good friend, so it's nice to see her comforting Willow. Mm-hmm. Buffy goes to the library and is telling Giles what's going on with Xander, and Giles basically <laughs> just says, oh, he's being a 16-year-old boy, right? Like, testosterone turns all men into morons, and he'll get over it, is what Giles says. And I was like, I don't know if that's good advice, Giles. I don't know if that's what you should have said. <laughs> but Buffy won't let it go. Because she knows that Xander is acting differently, not just because boys are cruel, but because something happened to him. And 
Giles does say it. He's like, you know, boys can be cruel. Boys can be boys. You know, they prey on the weak, natural teen behavior pattern. And when he says prey on the weak, that triggers Buffy's memory. And she realizes that that's the same thing that the zookeeper had said at the zoo. And Xander's been acting weird since his trip into the hyena cage. <laughs> so this must be where she's like, oh, he's a he's a hyena. He's being possessed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, it's a little bit of a stretch how quickly they get to Xander is possessed by a hyena spirit. But we'll we'll give it to them because that's honestly not the most interesting part of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Willow comes in and lets them know that, you know, the pig was eaten. And Flutie, the principal, is freaking out. And that's when Giles is like, okay, I guess I'll I'll look up some stuff in my books because holy shit. And uh, I love a man who knows when he's wrong and admits it. Uh, Flutie approaches the pack on the quad and Xander's not with them, I'll add. Just Jim and his friends. And uh, he's like, I know you did it. Come to my office right now. You're going to get so much detention. Your grandchildren will be staying after school, which is, you know, a kind of funny joke. But... I was like, detention? That's jail time. Like, they ate a pig <laughs> on campus. Yeah. Once again, this school seems suspiciously uninterested in calling the police for things. Yes. Uh, and, don't, and don't get me wrong. You know, I'm all for abolishing the police. I don't want schools to bring police officers into the school for these non-trivial things. Um, but when it comes to somebody eating a pig, I feel like that's probably where I would draw the line and involve whatever goes for law enforcement. Yeah, again, this is Sunnydale, right? Like, a teacher was beheaded on campus, and the body was hidden on campus. Do you think they're going to call the police over a little pig no, getting the, alive? No, the police are too busy harassing homeless people in the cemeteries. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Look, Still looking for the shredder guy who's been gone for two episodes now. Um, <laughs> so Buffy and Willow and Giles are doing research and Buffy <laughs> says something that I noted and that was like, she's talking about Noah's Ark and she's like, do you know Noah didn't want hyenas on the Ark? And I was like, what? Is that true? I didn't fact check it. I just thought that was a funny thing to say. No, because Noah didn't exist, Stephanie. But... <laughs> that's what I mean. I'm like, didn't you just say in the first episode that, that that's all bullshit and it, this was a hell dimension? So... <laughs> I don't know what you're reading, Buffy, but your research on praying mantises was way better. Giles says... Uh, so basically what Giles explains is that there is a cert there's a belief or a practice among certain African tribes, apparently, um, where people think they can take on the power of predatory animal spirits. And these people are called primals. So they do a ritual that involves a magic symbol and a predatory act, and they take on the spirit of the animal. It's called transpossession. However, it has very negative side effects where uh, the animal's instincts and predatory behavior start to take over, uh, and you're, you're no longer you anymore. You are this animal. And Giles demonstrates it by showing Buffy... And then Willow looks at it afterwards. A very disturbing illustration in the book that involves a whole bunch of people who have been like dismembered and partially eaten. And so earlier, Stephanie, you were talking about the overtones of racism yeah. uh, where we connect like these hyenas and their supposedly mystical powers to the Maasai tribe in Africa. And yeah, like I agree with you. It's... 
I, I think the right word for it is um, ethnocentric, mm-hmm. right? This idea that white people, especially European people, are applying their own perspective on different cultures and different belief systems. So it, it is racist for a TV show like Buffy the Vampire Slayer to bring in um, the Maasai tribe and then rep- misrepresent their worship of things like animal spirits in such a negative light. Yeah, and and calling the magic primal in itself. Yep. Associating that word with African like or non-white yeah. tribal culture is really, really racist. And we're, we're implying that they're savages, that these are savage people. Exactly. And like you're saying, like that that's a misunderstanding, almost like an exoticization of what savage mm-hmm. culture well, to them is. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, this is the problem is on every TV show from that era and even into our current era, Africa is always invoked as this exotic, otherly place, right? Yes. Oh, we need some weird magic that doesn't actually exist in the US. Let's just say it came from Africa or... You know, they do this with other other places, too, in future episodes. Yeah. But it's just like... It's more mysterious. Yeah, the exotization. It's like, it's never just, oh, this is Steve. Steve's, you know, Steve's here from Nigeria. Steve loves like, how you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the, the representation is so stereotypical and so poor. And it's never corrected. It's never balanced. No. You know, and it's not just Buffy. It's a whole bunch of TV shows, and that's that's what's so racist about this. Yeah. So <sighs> do better. Do it, better, TV. Do better. Uh, from there, Buffy is goes to uh, investigate the pig's cage, looking for clues or paw prints, as as their hyenas get it. <laughs> Car raises her eyebrow. She doesn't like that one. Um, Xander approaches Buffy from behind. How? How did he sneak up on her? Does he have like are hyenas stealthy? Like did he like I think so. That's Buffy's good. also really freaked out by like the pig parts that have been left over, right? Yeah, that are like picked clean. So she knocks him to the ground and he says, I've been waiting for you to jump my bones. And then he pushes himself on top of her and holds her down. And this is Episode six, the second example of like a rape situation. Yeah, this had me thinking back to the the harvest episode with Jesse and Cordelia, right? Yes. I wrote in my notes, oh God, not more rapiness. Like we don't need this. Well, like I said at the beginning of this episode, like I was surprised to see this in this episode, and I'd never realized when I was younger that this was an attempted rape scene. It made me so uncomfortable again to watch this and see what was going on. I wasn't expecting to see this. So basically Xander says, you know how long I've been waiting uh, until we stop pretending that we're not attracted to each other. Buffy doesn't want to hurt him, but he ends up like slamming her against the snack machine. Well, and he tells her, he's like, you want it. Like it's the classic whole justification for rape of like, you know, the woman is saying no. And the aggressor's like, oh, yeah, well, you're saying no, but your body's saying yes. And it's just, and, and it's also the fact that, sure, Xander's possessed by a hyena. Mm-hmm. But this is also an exaggeration of Xander's mm-hmm. feelings, of what he's been feeling that we've seen yeah. him express for six episodes now. I know. It, it, we're rewatching this, and 
like I I go into every single episode being like, okay, Kara, don't be too hard on Xander. Don't be too hard on Xander. You don't want to turn this podcast into the anti-Xander podcast. But let's be real. First season Xander is terrible in every single episode for some, at least some reason. And watching it now, like all I can think about because of, you know, Joss Whedon's abuse allegations being in the the news and stuff like Xander's a a Joss Whedon self-insert character these episodes emphasize Xander's attraction to Buffy so heavily this whole episode is Xander centric and what we're seeing here played out in front of us is a weird kind of like rape fantasy where Xander has power over the powerful slayer right and a very common type of fantasy is for a powerful person, especially a powerful female character, to be disempowered and then raped and for her to like it or surrender or want it. And it's like, part of me is like, dude, like, Joss Whedon has created this really sort of powerful female character, but he kind of gets off on putting her in these situations where his masculine characters can kind of like take that power away. Yeah. And we saw the beginnings of this in teacher's pet with his fantasy at the beginning of the episode where Buffy, where he slayed better than Buffy and she loved him for that. So this is like the next step. And why, why did we need this step at all? Yeah. So that, that's, that's what troubles me really is beyond just the obvious uncomfortableness of watching a pseudo rape scene play out like this but the power dynamic and the way that you're taking the main character of your show and intentionally putting her in this situation using a male character who has always been expressing his attraction for her it's just uh, hate it and i uh, said before that he's you know he's possessed not just by this hyena but by jesse's ghost because jesse was also a rapey asshole (sighs) and uh well xander like basically bites her neck and we and this scene had always been interchanged with another scene and the other scene is what's happening in principal flutie's office with the pack so he's losing his mind at this pack of students and they start to surround him and he tries to maintain control and pretend he doesn't notice that they're sniffing him and acting really aggressive until one of them ends up scratching his face and mm-hmm. then they end up tackling him to the ground and the camera pans in on a picture of Principal Flutie on his desk. Why he has his own picture on his desk, I don't know. And Because uh, he has nobody else. <laughs> oh, no! This is, my, this is my question, is how did he let this happen? I don't want a victim blame, but a school administrator would not bring four students into his office by himself first because that would be strange you would have like a vice principal or something with you and isn't there like a secretary or somebody sitting at a desk just outside his office like couldn't he scream for help if he was going to be attacked by students like it just seems so bizarre to me that Flutie tried to deal with all of these students by himself and there was not a single other school staff member within shouting distance well maybe the other staff members are all also decapitated in their classrooms or maybe one of them is seeing to the attempted rape in the next room like there's a lot going on at this high school you know uh but yeah we can just say here that uh they devour him they they eat 
Principal this is, Flutie. This is fucked up. R.I.P. A, Principal Flutie did not deserve this, for one thing. No, no one does. Oh my gosh. Of course. Like, that's that's when I was watching this again, because I totally remembered that this happened, of course. I remembered Principal Flutie's fate. But watching it again, I'm like... This is network television. Like, this is a dark thing to show humans eating other humans. Like, they don't show them biting into him or anything, which is what you would get if this show were on HBO Maul- now. They're, like, mauling him. Yeah. Yeah. But even the implication that these four teenage kids ate their principal is such a fucked up thing for a TV show on, like, the WB I am really surprised that the network let that in there. Well, I and I, I think if the like the fact that this scene is happening at the same time as the attempted rape scene, it's just yeah. like was this like was it a bad week for the executives at the WB? Like were they all sick that week? You know what I mean? Like did no one review <laughs> this episode at all? But I guess because I don't know, is it because it's 1997 and everything is I don't know. I don't know why this is okay, but like we're looking at this, you know, 24 years later and it's just not. It's mm-hmm. so bad. It's just like it's unbelievable almost <laughs> that both mm-hmm. these things are happening in the same episode at the same time. We're in the library and Willow's watching videos of hyenas and uh Buffy's dragging Xander's body in saying that she hit him with a desk because he tried to sexually assault her. That that's Buffy's words. He she yep. tried to sexually assault me. And uh, I really regret that we did not get to see her hit him with a desk. <laughs> I would have loved I know. to have seen that. But they lock him in the cage in the library. And why is there a cage in the library? Every library has a cage, right? I, I'm sure they do. To lock up the most you know intense books. That's where he keeps the well, occult books. <laughs> I, I think that is why he has the cage. I think it's for the books and also for the weapons. The weapons, yeah. I guess he kind of like swung that somehow <laughs> with the school board. Um, but it bothers me that he never mentioned that, right? Like there's no groundwork for this. It's just, oh, we have a cage now. And we I'm have a like, cage, what? yeah. And uh, I mean, it's a good thing because, you know, not to reveal any spoilers, but this cage, we see it again. We see it a couple times. It becomes a character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> This is when Giles comes in to share the news that the hyenas ate Principal Flutie. And honestly, two episodes ago, they were way more shocked that Dr. Gregory was beheaded. So maybe they're desensitized now. Because <laughs> that teacher was also eaten, if you think about it, like his head was. <laughs> yeah. So Giles is shocked by this. I think he delivers this line pretty well. Like, you know, like, he he was eaten like he was mauled or whatever like they think it was a wild dog that broke into his office somehow so giles delivers that really well and um we all know that xander was too busy trying to rape buffy so he didn't actually eat principal flutie alive giles says it's a small mercy after buffy says well xander was busy trying to rape me yeah (laughs) i escaped a rape situation and here's his body uh giles really needs to find the ritual to undo the possession uh but he knows about de- he, de- he doesn't really know about animal possession but he knows about demonic possession and he says you have to put the spirit back into another human body uh it's not really an answer though so buffy's like well let's go talk to the zookeeper because <laughs> he seemed to know a lot about this stuff and uh 
Willow says she'll stay behind and watch over Xander, and she puts the keys to the cage in her pocket. So, outside, uh, a woman is walking with her baby. She walks by the pack, who are sleeping outside in the park, in the garden. I don't know. A couple weird things here. I just don't, I don't understand why she'd be walking at night alone with her baby in Sunnydale. You know, maybe, maybe in like a nice mm-hmm. rich suburb. No problem, right? But she's in Sunnydale. She should know better. But luckily, as they might make you believe, this is another useless scene. Uh, luckily, she gets freaked out and takes off before they attack her. So mother and baby are safe. And the pack goes back to sleep. Xander wakes up in the cage and starts trying to seduce Willow to get her to open the door. And it's really obvious what he's trying to do. And he's like, Willow, like things were way simpler when it was just you and me. And again, I have to say it wasn't just you and her. It was you and her and (laughs) Jesse. And uh, he says he wants her. And he's obviously using her emotions to manipulate her. And... Willow says that she knows him better than Buffy and she as she gets closer to him Xander reaches out through the opening in the ca- the hole in the cage what's that like a window like what's <laughs> it's a slot. a slot thank you um and she jumps back and she says now I know which is great because it shows that a she tricked him just to see like what he was going to do and b um I was legit scared for a second cuz I don't remember this part in the episode so I really did think she was going to let him out <laughs> Yeah, like, they, they play this scene really well. Xander and Willow, both Allison Hannigan and Nicholas Brendan, like, so good at the acting. I agree, it, it it's tense, and for a moment you think Willow might be duped, but only for a moment. Only for a because moment, Because yeah. our girl Willow is too smart to be swayed by her attraction to Xander. She knows this isn't Xander, and she was just playing into his hands just enough so that he overplays his hand. Love it. Love it. And like, yeah, you're like, Willow is too smart to be fooled by an attempted rapist. So, well, maybe not, though. Remember episode one? <laughs> well, she's learned. This is gross. She's learned. Yes, you're right. Uh, good for her. Giles and Buffy are talking to the zookeeper. And basically, Giles like is like bonding with this guy over their shared knowledge of demon possession and hyenas. And... Um, the zookeeper is saying that this breed is very rare, very vicious, and they were worshipped by primals, and we've already discussed why that's there's a lot of problems with that. And uh, Giles says this kind of ritual requires a symbol, and the zookeeper says, you know, if they work together, they can they can reverse the transposition. They just need to get all of the students back into the hyena house so they can do the ritual together. And after hyenas eat, they usually rest, and they're also going to want to track the one member that's not with them. So they know if they bring Xander to the hyena house, the others will come and join them. And this also means we know automatically that Willow's in trouble because they're going to go find Xander and who's watching over Xander? It's Willow. And I also want to add that I don't understand why no one is wondering why the zookeeper knows so much about the possession. (laughs) Giles and Buffy are kind of just like, okay, great. Well, good plan. And it's like, you guys... It, it's kind of obvious at this point that the zookeeper knows more. Well, because Giles says, oh, you need the predatory act. And the zookeeper kind of like mumbles to himself, oh, yeah, that makes sense. As if like Giles has just given him the missing piece of the puzzle here. And Giles is totally oblivious. I think Buffy started to catch on because she's kind of looking at the stuff in the zookeeper's office. And 
I think she start, she's starting to get a little bit suspicious. But then, of course, she gets preoccupied and distracted by the fact that, okay, now they have this plan. And, oh, by the way, your friend Willow's in danger, yeah. right? So, like, her suspicions kind of get shunted aside because she's more concerned with saving Willow. Yes, and good thing everything in Sunnydale is but two blocks away because... <laughs> <laughs> because, there's a lot of back and forth in this episode there is yeah lots of travel uh willow is watching the hyena videos again and my thing is that her back is to xander like she doesn't want to look at xander he's like calling to her from behind and uh if it were me and i knew that this guy had eaten a pig alive and tried to rape my best friend uh i'd be facing him for sure <laughs> you know so this part's actually kind of creepy where we see that the hyena pack is outside because they're looking through the windows of the library from the outside. So there is another exit to the library and there's windows that accompany it, which is great. But um, the hyenas or the pack break through the windows and she runs into the hallway of the school as they rip down the cage doors to let Xander out. And... Willow runs in, like, all the classroom doors are locked, So she, but she finds one that isn't locked, and she goes into it. And I'm like, girl, run outside. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. This is a genuinely intense scene, though. Like, the pack hunting Willow, including Xander, like, oh, I got chills. Yeah, very scary. And, like, any horror movie, like, yeah, when she chose the wrong thing, which is to hide versus to run, I'm just like, no. So she hides under the desk in this classroom. And also, like, if we know these these classroom doors lock, why didn't she just lock it behind her? Whatever. Not, neither here nor there. So the pla- the pack splits up in the hallway looking for her. And Xander's sniffing around. And he, he smells her in the classroom. And he opens the door. She's hiding under the desk, like I said. And they don't see her, so... We hear the door shut and Willow gets up to look. And I think it's so obvious. It's like, no, Willow, they're still going to be in there. And sure enough, yeah. Xander's in there. He dives for her. One of the hyena women is by the door. And it looks like they're about to get her. But Buffy comes behind the girl hyena, hits her with a fire extinguisher. And then her, Giles, and Willow lock themselves in the classroom. And Xander and the pack leave. And Buffy is like, oh, they're looking for someone weak to prey on. So... She's like, I'll go get them, meet meet her at the zoo. So cut to this weird scene of this family bickering in a car. <laughs> and just as they are about to leave, the pack attacks the car. Buffy shows up and says something really cheesy, like, don't play with your food or something like that. And then she says something that's like kind of alarming to me, where she's like, you know what you want or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then she runs off and they chase her. And I'm just like, is she insinuating that like what's he, what he wants is to rape her or to try to rape her again? Yes, absolutely. I don't know how I feel about that. Well, I mean, one interpretation is she is using the power she has over him the way that he is sexually objectifying her because of his base animal instincts yeah. to manipulate him. Right. So in, in one sense, it's kind of empowering. But an an equally valid interpretation of this is, you know, Buffy's using her sexual currency, but it's also disempowering her because she shouldn't have to do that, right? Like, the idea that because Xander is possessed by some kind of animal spirit, he's lost all control over his instincts, and there's this baser instinct to, like, mate with attractive and competent females like Buffy, it's just such a simplistic 
idea, right? And and I think that's one of the reasons that this episode in particular, but also like Teacher's Pet, really disappoint me is they don't ever bother to interrogate these ideas beyond that surface level of, oh, ho, 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 Xander's possessed by an animal spirit. Guess he's going to try to rape Buffy. Yeah. It's like, can we not, like, for a show that is often called feminist, like, can we not treat these issues with so much more nuance, please? Yeah, like it's on the nose is what you're saying. Like, it's just so blatantly. It's it's on the nose yeah. and it's lazy storytelling, right? Yes. Yeah, and it, it is ultimately unsatisfying. Yeah. At the zoo, Giles goes into the hyena house and Willow waits outside to let him know when the pack is approaching. And uh, Giles is in the hyena area and he sees the symbol on the ground. And then the zookeeper comes out and he's wearing the Messiah ceremonial garb, as Giles calls it. And his face is painted like, like kind of like a blue skull. He looks like a hockey fan. Yeah, he does. I was like, I don't see the... Uh, if we're trying to go with this, like, African magic idea, I don't get it. <laughs> well, and blue pigment is very difficult to obtain in nature. So I don't know why his face is blue, but that's neither here nor there. Yes, and uh, it's obviously now that he's the bad guy and Giles realizes it maybe a bit too late. And uh, he's just like, oh, like... Was it frustrating for you that the school children accomplished what you couldn't? And then he beats Giles up with a bat and Giles is knocked unconscious for the millionth time. In I know, G- Giles really needs to get his head checked out here. <laughs> uh, Buffy is running through the forest to the zoo, right? I guess, because it's probably, like we said, just a few houses over. Uh, Willow hears I'm coming, so she runs into the area looking for Giles. The zookeeper says Giles is laying in wait. <laughs> Pun. And, uh, he starts to tie Willow's arms up. And Willow is too preoccupied with, like, looking for Buffy, for Buffy's arrival, that she's not realizing this, or she's not, like, cluing in that this guy's tying her up. He then holds a knife to her throat, and as Buffy comes in, the pack tackles her. And <laughs> the zookeeper shouts something, and his eyes go green, and the other the green goes from the teen's eyes, from the pack's eyes, and uh, the zookeeper is now possessed by the spirit of the hyena. And it looks like he's about to eat Willow's face off when Xander attacks him um, and knocks him over. And then Buffy is able to get up because the kids are no longer possessed and they get off her. And she fights the zookeeper for a bit, and... I do want to add here that something that has always occurred to me on Buffy, now that the fighting is like legit, that they they got a stunt double for her, right? Like an actual fighter. Oh, for sure. And yeah. sometimes it's just really obvious. Yeah. Well, especially because, you know, we're we're watching the show on different televisions now than they had back in the day. And so some of the, the cheating in terms of camera shots and angles and stuff that worked on worst television screens don't work on our television screens. <laughs> yeah yeah so there's one p- time when the stunt devil like looked over and i'm like that's not you sarah so <laughs> buffy ends up throwing the zookeeper over the side of the cage into the hyena pen and they eat him just like in lion king and uh does this count as murder <laughs> no it's self-defense and he deserves it. Like, I, I do not... For, of all the terrible deaths in this episode, I don't feel sorry for this guy at all. No, me either. Because he's he's basically indirectly responsible for 
the rapiness and for Principal Flutie and all that and, and Herbert, Herbert, right? Like it all comes back on this guy. If he had never imported these weird hyenas from Africa, like none of this would have happened. So it's on him and he got what he deserved. Perfect. Good thing Giles wakes up. His concussion is over. And um, he asks if he missed anything. So cut to the next day. Xander, Willow, and Buffy are talking about the events of the day before. They say the vice principal is taking over for Flutie. And uh, they're telling Xander that he ate a pig alive. And uh, Willow basically says, like, oh, he saved her life. And he says, nobody messes with my Willow and hugs her, which I think could be sweet. I think it's sweet, but I'm also very angry with Xander. And um, he says he doesn't remember anything. And they, he's like, did I do anything embarrassing? And they're like, no, because God forbid they embarrass him, you know. They leave and Giles comes over and he's like, it's funny, like, in all my research, I didn't see anything about memory loss when it comes to animal possession. And Xander basically fesses up and we know that he remembers all of it. And he's like, shoot me, Mm -hmm. stuff me, mount me. Giles gets weirdly close to Xander (laughs) and like claps him on the the back and is like, you know, boys will be boys. Don't touch him. Um, He's like, your secret dies with me, right? And yeah, so how do we feel about this? Because on the one hand, I respect that the girls give him this out of like, no, you didn't do anything else, you know, and try, you know, they want to move past what was very awkward. And I accept that, yeah, Xander wasn't Xander. He wasn't in control. But the way this, that the last part of that scene is portrayed where it's like, Xander and Giles having this like male bonding moment of like ha 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 we'll keep this secret from the women that I didn't like that part at all I I know what you're saying and I I think it goes back to what we were saying before about how Xander in the past has already been sexually aggressive toward Buffy in one way or another in, in a dorkier way so the fact that he does remember but he's let off the hook for having to own up to his behavior bugs me mm-hmm and I think that why can't at the very least he apologize to Buffy for trying to rape her? Yeah. So that being said, I, it is consistent with his character at this point. Later, as the series goes on, I think our main characters get better at calling each other out when they misstep, even if supernatural forces were involved. So there is room for growth here. I agree that he should be doing the right thing from the beginning of his relationship with Buffy and Willow here. Although I don't agree with the whole boys will be boys thing, Xander hasn't been raised that way, right? Like this is consistent with the way Xander has been raised as a teenage boy to not be able to talk about his feelings and his awkwardness and apologize and stuff. So if they had sat down and had a little heart to heart, that might've felt very like contrived. But I I I just want to note that over the course of the series, we do see a little bit of growth. Although now that I think about it, there's still quite a few times when they don't apologize to each other and it just gets worse. <laughs> I think we really have to think about, as we talked about before, the high school is hell theme. What is the theme here? What are we representing? If To me, there's a lot. I think, obviously, the high school is a jungle and pack mentality and the boys prey on the weak, especially when they're in groups. The way Giles, yeah, it's just like, you know, your secret safe with me. And it's just a, kind of like a metaphor for puberty. Like Xander is going to have sexual urges and 
he's off the hook for it. Even though in this situation, it's just terrible the level that it went to. Whereas before, like him and Jesse were just like weirdly obsessed with Buffy. In this case, he actually physically tried to penetrate her with his penis. (laughs) So I don't know. Like I think for me going into this episode, I thought that the hyenas as a pack you know, the popular kids picking on the weak kids. Like, that's what I thought it was going to be. But the more I think about, yeah, the way Giles and him talked at the end of the episode, the more I'm like, this has something to do with young men, old man wisdom. Yeah, that's what I didn't like about it. I agree with your assessment here. Xander, they did Xander dirty again in this episode. (laughs) Because now we've had these Xander-centric episodes and both times the writers have chosen to accentuate the negative and horny aspects of Xander's teenage personality. So I do feel sorry for him because we haven't really had a Xander-centric episode yet where we get to see his more heroic qualities, which exist. We've seen them in bits and pieces so far. So as much as we are being rightfully hard on Xander's actions while he was possessed, because I don't think that lets him fully off the hook— I also want to just condemn the, as I said before, lazy usage, the lazy characterization going on here when it comes to Xander. Like, the writers are just picking on him at this point. And as much as I don't like Xander, I don't like that they're doing that to his character either. Yes, I agree. And it also comes back to what we were talking about earlier with Willow, because you know, this is another Xander-centric episode. And where is our Willow-centric episode? Because in this depiction of Willow and Xander's relationship, the way he was so sexually aggressive toward Buffy, but so physically aggressive and angry and frustrated toward Willow to the point where he, like, broke her heart and basically unfriended her. Like, does he think that Willow's beneath him? Mm, Does he think Willow's mm -hmm. weak? In his mindset, like the fact that even though she was... Yeah, like she's prey. That's part of it. Yeah. So I just don't... I I think they did Willow dirty in this episode too. And I don't think they've given her... her, I don't think they've given her her due yet. It's it's episode six and like where... For sure. Where's Willow? (laughs) So speaking of giving people their dues, who is your hero of the episode? My hero is Willow this episode. I okay. I chose Willow. Uh, at first, I was going to choose Giles, but uh, after our talk about you know the, their yeah. little boy talk at the end of the episode, um, I changed my mind, and I'm just going to pick Willow because she was a victim in this episode. But like you said, like she she outsmarted Xander in that one scene, and mm-hmm. she was just a very raw character here. Was it was a teenage girl, and you know what? I'm going to take that <laughs> over anything else in this episode. Okay. My hero is, I got to give it posthumously to Principal Flutie. May he rest in peace. Oh, what about Herbert? (laughs) No, I, no, you know, Principal Flutie, we barely got to know him, but for the six episodes, I don't, I don't remember if he was in every single episode. I don't think so. But for the episodes he was in, you know, like his heart was in the right place, even if he wasn't always effective. He didn't deserve the death that he got. Like, I get it. Like, teachers and and adults are going to die in this series. I get it. So Principal Flutie was going to die at some point. It just happens. But he did not deserve that death. He tried his best for these students, including Buffy, Mm -hmm. right? He was giving her this clean slate. So although, you know, he wasn't particularly effective in this episode in a heroic way, 
I would say that Principal Flutie is a hero in my heart, and he deserves that acknowledgement before we move on. That was a beautiful eulogy. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yes, R.I.P. Principal Flutie. And R.I.P. Cordelia, where were you in this episode? We needed you. We miss you. I mean, I think that that would have just been too much, right? Like <laughs> Too much bullying. She must have been off sick or something. Because otherwise, you know, you know that she would be upset that Xander was going after Buffy and not her, right? Because oh, she would like sense Xander, you know, Xander's like cool now. And she's like, Wait, you're going after Puppy? Like, <laughs> why wasn't I sexually assaulted? It's very true. Like, what I like your your friend tried to rape me. Why aren't you? You know, there's so so many things going on with Cordelia. But um, <laughs> I, I will say now, a little preview for next week. I am excited because I do believe my favorite episode of the season is next, and that's all I'm gonna say. All right. <laughs> no no comment just okay <laughs> i honest i honestly don't remember <gasps> you don't remember Angel what's that much. oh okay like i remember you know the secrets or whatever but i don't fully remember the plot of the episode so i'm, I'm looking forward to revisiting that with some fresh eyes i'm really excited and i do want to say uh if you're listening to this let us know what you think let us know what you're thinking about these episodes are we being mean to xander are we being totally fair <laughs> Yeah, so let us know what you think of these, you know, worst episodes of season one. And in particular, we'd love to hear your thoughts on Xander's characterization. Are we being too harsh on Xander here? Are we not being harsh enough? Uh, send us your thoughts, please. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you've got some comments, message us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and Prophecy underscore Girls on Twitter. You can also reach out to our email at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website, prophecygirls.ca. We can't wait to hear from you. See you next week. Bye.